Of the day, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Thank you, Bronson. One of my favorite groups, and what better group to intro the show of Man, Land, and Sea. News of Guam and our island environment. Hot for day, I'm Dave Duenas. Good evening. Got a special guest in the studio uh, from the Environmental Protection Agency. Mr. Nice. Mr. Nick Rupley? Rupley. Rupley. Thank you, Dave. Hi, hot for day. How are you doing? Hot for day, sir. I'm great. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the show. You know, it's a very relaxed show. You know, just take it easy, have fun. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff, uh, you know, stuff like what's going on with Guam EPA. Right on. Well, uh, you know, we've just, uh, we just welcomed uh, three new board members, uh, something we're, we're very excited about. Okay. Um, uh, we, we've had, we have a, an educator, we have an environmental engineer, and we have a CFO for a uh, renewable energy company. So, Miss um, uh, Maneka de Oro uh, is renewable energy in in what uh, solar type thing? Or I believe it's solar, right? Okay. Uh, so uh, that gentleman's name is uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Nick Pape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's a welcome addition to to the board. Uh, we have uh, Stephen Philip Carbolito, who is an environmental engineer with uh, GHD. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Ms. Maneka de Oro. Uh, she is a, she, I understand she's an educator, and she uh, is part of a uh, research fellowship between uh, the University of Guam and I can't remember the name of the other, uh, the other off-island uh, college, but... Um, but but her focus is on uh, ecology and, and forestry, so a uh, very diverse group. Uh, so with the addition of the three, you have a full ab- Yes, absolutely. We, we have nine, uh, nine board members uh, at the moment. Um, uh, Mr. Bob Perrone is, uh, is uh, uh, our chair, chairman, and uh, Mr. Terry Brooks is our, our vice chair. So we have a very diverse group. Uh, uh, that make up the board, um, and the three individuals that I mentioned o- only add uh, more to the uh, the value and the diversity of of the board in terms of uh, their their disciplines uh, in their respective fields outside the board. Um, so uh, last Thursday uh, was was their first board meeting uh, with the existing board members. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hit the ground running of. Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, questions being asked. Uh, a lot of involvement in terms of um, wanting to know uh, about the agency's activity. Uh, a lot of questions about enforcement. Um, the recycling revolving fund as well uh, was also brought up. So uh, very uh, very interactive uh, meeting uh, in terms of uh, some of the things that uh, were being asked uh, as. Our administrator uh, was was giving his uh, administrator's report. So, um, you know, again, th- this is a public meeting. Uh, it's o- announced open to the public. Absolutely, uh, it, it is. It falls in line with the uh, op- open government law uh, with, with the means. announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, media is uh, welcome. The uh, the public is welcome. Anybody's welcome to attend. Um, you know, these are typically the third Thursdays uh, of the month at 4 p.m. at the agency's. Um, Administration Building Conference Room. So, uh, you know, we invite the public uh, to come in. Uh, if there's something that uh, they want to have for open discussion uh, during the meeting, uh, the board and the agency will, will uh, be happy to attend. 
Uh, I that, think that, it's uh, transparency. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yes, awesome. You know, I I know EPA, Guam EPA. You guys are involved in a whole bunch of stuff. One of the things, uh, as you were talking, I mm-hmm. just came to mind real quick. Uh, what's the latest or the update on the te- testing of the Agent Orange issue? Right. Okay. So we uh, we have the first testing that took place uh, in April of last year, and this was the the joint testing between uh, DOD and and the government of Guam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these were three specific sites up in uh, Anderson Air Force Base. Uh, as we reported out last year, um, the results were inconclusive. Uh, and so uh, the working group uh, who who dictates the, the activity for the testing and ensures that uh, the data quality objectives are, are being met, um, uh, along with the uh, the work plan, uh, you know, all of these things, uh, they have they have to hold their weight uh, in court. Essentially, is, is what we're getting at. So, uh, a lot of uh, uh, quality assurance and, and uh, quality uh, uh, quality control is placed on on the sampling and, and the testing. So, um, results were inconclusive from the uh, April 2018 sampling. Um, is testing still ongoing? Uh, Oh, will resume eventually. Or That's a decision that uh, that the working group has to make, and and I bring I bring up two separate uh, instances of, of testing. Um, so there were two sampling events that that occurred with this um, DoD and GovGuam uh, uh, collaboration uh, in November of 2018. Uh, Guam EPA undertook its own testing with our federal counterpart with with US EPA. Did it um was it anywhere near similar to the other testing that was done? Uh, uh parties? Very, very similar uh, the on, the only the only difference was uh, much of this or I'm sorry the in, the entire sampling event took uh took place outside of the fence. Uh, so uh the initial sampling uh, earlier in 2018 and then the follow-up sampling that occurred in December uh, uh, all took place uh, in Anderson Air Force Base, wow. and um, you know the the, the results are s- there's still a lot of discussion in terms of um, the next steps forward uh, with uh, proceeding on on where else can we sample or or you know uh, analyzing and interpreting a, a data you know is something that that uh, Collaboratively, uh, we need to work together on. Um, so at, at this at this point, uh, it's not it's not outside the realm to say that we we will be sampling once again. Um, but uh, our our ability to do this uh, really resides with uh, with our partnership with US EPA. Um, we have a great great technical and and I'm also mentioning. Financial support in, in terms of I was going to mention that as well. Is there any uh, financial? I mean, uh, right. Uh, so assistance. Re- region nine, um, you know, the the region out of uh, based out of San Francisco that that handles uh, Guam EPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have a great uh, on scene coordination team. Uh, you know, and and they have a they have a large degree of control over what they can spend on, and so. You know, as an agency who is uh, limited in, in its in its own resources and its own personnel, uh, 
is always welcoming of of uh, any type of assistance, really. And um, and and in November, uh, we were able to to get this uh, this special team uh, led by a Mr. Harry Allen. Uh, they were able to come out to Guam. Uh, a work plan was developed, and we we were able to sample four areas uh, outside the fence. Now, the areas that we that we looked at are, are based on sworn affidavits and, and the testimony from, um, uh, you know, prior servicemen. On and off, I would. I would. I would say so. Uh, there, there may be one or two gentlemen that uh, that still. Yeah, if I recall, Guam. they had uh, people, um, former military members, members that were on Guam that testified that yes, we did spray. And we did do this in Guam, and we did do that. So I remember hearing about that too. Yeah. Right. So I would imagine their their testimonies would uh, be recorded as well. Yeah. So uh, you know, when when the news broke out in in twenty it was early January twenty seventeen, uh, you know, uh, Master Sergeant Leroy Foster uh, gave a very compelling uh, interview with uh, with a Florida news affiliate, and that prompted uh, our administrator to immediately take action look into this and, and and part of part of that process is uh gathering information and so uh we worked with a couple of members from the media uh to come and get in contact with uh, some of these uh, brave gentlemen who were willing to to give their uh give their testimony uh, so that we'd have some idea uh as to the location or or proximity or or time and place uh that alleged uh, application of, of, of Agent Orange um, took place, and and so that was the very first thing. It was a fact-finding mission, um, and and then Guam was able to get some support directly from the U.S. EPA administrator uh, to to move forward with uh, with getting some some testing done. So uh, it, it it was a long process, um, and at some point uh, DOD decided well. Let, 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 let's work together um, because I, I, hot button topic like like Agent Orange. Um, That's a big one. That even extends to the veteran talk. And I mean, man, exactly. No, ab- absolutely. Uh, there, there were a lot of questions about um, can can DOD be trusted with uh, you know a lot, lot of concerns and, sure. and, and and rightly so. Um, exactly. And, and and so the agency did get approached about uh, you know about the partnership. Um, but it is still an investigation, and uh, we we remain professional throughout the process, and, and uh, we don't really try to get those distractions uh, involved with it. I, I mean, because there is a there's, there's a greater cause behind behind uh, uh, sampling and testing and, and and getting to the truth. We we knew it was going to be difficult, um, you know, finding a uh, the proverbial smoking gun. Uh, w- w- was going to be challenging, um, and, and I think it really boils down to the makeup of that um, that that herbicide, essentially. Uh, and, and this is something that the agency has spoken about at length in terms of uh, detecting uh, the constituents of Agent Orange. Uh, you know, there's there's evidence to suggest that. Uh, that they would degrade, uh, you know, within a few weeks of uh, being applied, applied and uh, being exposed to to UV light. And well, guess what? 
we have a lot of that on Guam, you know. So, so it's like, how do we find it? Right. So, uh, so has that um, statement been proven or well, disproven? Uh, th- then there's uh, the expertise of our um, of our start coordinator, uh, Mr. Harry Allen, who has experience detecting this uh, herbicide in in the southwest, and he's got experience with uh, with studies done in Vietnam. So. When he's here, there's no one on the island that knows more about this constituent than 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 he does, and and you know, and, and the opposite end of that spectrum is um, there's evidence that say that um, depending on on uh, its exposure and and how well it's been covered in the soil, you you could still find Traces trace elements, yeah. right? Uh, so that that's one part of uh, the equation. Sure, uh, th- what makes it what makes this uh, increasingly difficult uh, to narrow down as Agent Orange is the fact that both constituents uh, that make up Agent Orange were used independently. So you're, I'm sure you heard this uh, these terms a lot. There's 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T. Uh, th- those are the two main components that uh, that make up Agent Orange. And at some point in history, uh, both both of those products were used independently of each other for different applications uh, right uh, well uh, my understanding and and you know I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not a chemist or I'm not a right. scientist or anything okay. but uh, uh, the rainbow herbicides your agent pink white blue uh, I think there was even a purple um, all had some form uh, or, or derivative of um, 2,4-D or 2,4-5-T and so in the manufacturing process um, for agent orange 2,4-D and 2,4-5-T were were combined uh, uh, to, to produce Agent Orange, Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. and um, you could say, well, you you found 2,4-D here, so therefore, you know, it must be Agent Orange. Not necessarily the case. Um, I know if they were used independently, would it be would it perform the same uh, function as you know, Agent Orange was developed to defoliage? They, they were bo- both are are, are used uh, or are applied as as herbicides, yeah. So, um, I think two four five T was banned uh, for commercial use in 1986. Um, so, if we're finding it today, really no reason why why we should be finding it. So, uh, there's some discussion with the with um with our peer working group in terms of. Uh, the next steps forward. Um, I, I know a lot of a lot of what was supposed to happen in terms of uh, of conversing with each other bit derailed from the, the federal government shutdown. Uh, and so, e- even though it's still it's practically June, there's some agencies that are still catching up in terms of uh, you know the work that needed to be done uh, during was a 35 day. 40-day shutdown. I, I can't remember what it was. Government shutdown. The federal government shutdown. Okay. Right. So Still recovering. Yeah. So there, there's some there's some work that uh, that needs to occur on the back burner, um, but but we are we are working on um, what needs to be done, given the fact that there were well three uh, three actual sampling events uh, in, in terms of. Um, Interpreting that data uh, in, in a way that the public can understand is, is always going to be crucial. So there's been three already sampling yes events. Sir. Yes, and sir. And out of those three, it's still 
still inconclusive. Inconclusive. Right. So I, uh, and 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 I want to thank your producer for for bringing up the, the transparency issue. Um, you know, uh, uh, we are trying to be as transparent with this process as possible. But uh, but I think with with the issue of, of Agent Orange and, and I guess the legacy of controversy that it brings, um, the agency wants to be accurate in its statements, and so. But there's a lot of dialogue with with chemists and, and biologists and environmental engineers and th there's a lot that has to that has to take place um in terms of uh, identifying uh if if we've met our objectives in the work plan uh, or if if we need to uh do something differently the next time around uh and then you know, we we still have to have this discussion about um, uh, about the partnership with with uh, with with DoD in in terms of um, next steps forward. Uh, we're always going to have uh, the ability to to sample again, uh, but statistically, it, it becomes increasingly more difficult um, to do it outside the gate. Well, th there there was some. Um, uh, you may recall uh, back in November, uh, we were the agency was requesting to um, to do some sampling, um, you know, down down in naval naval base and and some of the properties that are being controlled by the Navy. Um, Did you get access? We we didn't get access. Uh, I, I know the governor at the time was uh, was very displeased with that. Yes. Um, but you know. Did they give a reason? Well, the, the with, with I guess with security clearance and okay. you know time to review our work plan, uh, you know th th there's a process that uh, sure that we didn't we didn't necessarily follow, um, but uh, that wasn't going to prevent us from asking anyway. Yeah, uh, and and so I say ask again. Yeah, so <laughs> so these <laughs> things are all going to be worked out. Um, I don't know why they said no. It's yeah, so yeah. I well, don't I don't know. well, I, I understand that everybody has their protocols, and, and exactly. you know, we, we've no, got to be sure. professional about this. True. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure that uh, many of the veterans were, were let down uh, upon hearing that news, uh, but uh, but we still we we still anticipate uh, some uh, momentum on this. Um, but but right now it, it's really difficult to say what that is. Uh, now. The uh, the other piece to this is uh, Mr. Brian Moyer, um, who the agency uh, had a teleconference with um, late last year. Uh, you know, the gentleman agreed to uh, come over to Guam on, on his own accord and, and and assist the agency. And so that Mr. Moyer's uh, invitation uh, for assistance, you know, in terms of pointing out areas, uh, is still. Uh, up for discussion, and and so, um, I eventually we'll, we'll we'll have that uh, we'll have that conversation with him. Uh, he was kind enough to send us um, some recordings and a um, bunch of material that that could kind of allow the agency to shape its uh, its investigation. So we're very appreciative of fantastic. that. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic, so very active with All the right. Guy. Well, thank you. Thank you for all that information. Six minutes until the top of the hour. You're listening to uh, Mr. Nick Rupley. Yes, sir. <laughs> Rupley. Rupley. Yes, okay. sir. Guam EPA PIO, Newstalk K57, Man, Land, and Sea. We're going to be talking about a whole 
bunch of issues regarding our environment, news of Guam and our island environment. And uh, yeah, off the air when we were talking outside, it was brought to our attention, or my attention as well, about the high radiation levels that were found <laughs> in giant clams near a U.S. nuclear dump in the Marshall Islands. What? That, yeah. You know, they have this during uh, nuclear atomic bomb, atom bomb testings. They did a lot of it in the uh, Marshall Islands. I area. remember hearing about that. And all the uh, radiation debris uh, that were contaminated were buried, and they capped it with a concrete cap. Yeah. Evidently, the concrete cap, after decades, have it's right. cracking. Uh. And uh, evidently, uh, some of the radiation is seeping out, and they've recently discovered giant clams that have high radiation levels. And uh, that's not very good news. Not very good news at all. Again, uh, we're News Talk K57, Man, Land, and Sea. You got something you want to talk about, or you, you want to chime in on the different issues that we'll be talking about this evening? You're more than welcome to call in, 477 5757. Once again, top of the hour, CBS News coming up. I'm going to take a short break. This is CBS News on the hour. Real news, real reporting. I'm Matt Piper. Special counsel Robert Mueller says his probe on Russian interference in the 2016 election could not end with criminal charges against the president. But he also did not clear them and hinted that it's up to Congress to decide what to do next. More from correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The White House press secretary says she saw no news in Mueller's remarks. He completed his investigation. Now he's closed his office and it's time for everybody to move on. But Democrats are increasingly calling for the opening of impeachment proceedings in the House. White House press secretary Sarah Sanders says it's proof the Democrats have no agenda. What they're going through and what they're going to do to the country, that doesn't hurt the president. It hurts the American people, and that's unfair, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, the White House. Louisiana's Democratic governor says he will sign a bill that just passed to ban abortion once a fetal heartbeat is detected. It is the latest legislation in mostly southern and midwestern states to curb abortion rights. Louisiana Republican State Representative Valerie Hodges. Our heartbeat is the most important organ that we have. And the heartbeat is the biggest indication of life that there is. Following the governor signing a fetal heartbeat bill in Georgia recently, Disney CEO Bob Iger tells Reuters they may stop filming movies in the state. If it becomes law, um, I, I don't see how it's practical for us to continue to shoot there. Disney has filmed such blockbusters as Black Panther and Avengers Endgame in Georgia. Boeing CEO Dennis Mullenberg admits to re two recent crashes of its 737 MAX planes, quote, damaged the public trust and confidence in flying. He sat down for an exclusive interview with our Nora O'Donnell. Does Boeing have a, a credibility and transparency problem if they don't admit what were the mistakes in the past? Yeah. No, it, it, as I said, we, we clearly fell short. And, and the uh, implementation of this angle of attack disagree alert was a mistake, right? We, we did not implement it properly. We're confident in the fundamental safety of the airplane. You put your family on a 737 MAX? Without any hesitation. Absolutely. 346 people were killed in those crashes. Tornadoes continue to sweep through parts of the Midwest and South in Canton, Texas. A twister damaged homes and buildings. A group of people huddle inside a gas station for safety. We were all hunkered in the hall and then we heard this awful noises and we could just 
feel the house sucking. It was just a suction. And I just prayed a lot. Only one person was injured in the state. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring is prime home buying season, so if you're thinking about buying a home, right now is the time to lock a low rate, which can save you money every month on your new mortgage. With our exclusive Rate Shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a Rate Shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800 Quicken or go to rocketmortgage.com to take of, of some of the uh, uh, yeah, of the constituents uh, mm -hmm. at non toxic levels. Um, uh, but that's just raw data, and, and again. We are looking at um, you know, making sure that the interpretation is correct, uh, that uh, all of the, uh, the, the QAQC uh, components were, were followed, and, and, and the, the lab produced a, a document that's a couple of hundred pages long. So we, you know, we, we have to make sure that uh, everything that, that takes place in, in the, valid the data validation process uh, you know, ran its course. So. Uh, we will be releasing something very soon. Uh, in fact, uh, we do have a um, we do have a conference call with uh, with our uh, counterparts uh, from Region Nine next week, and we're hoping to get some messaging out to the public in, in terms of that. Um, I, I do want to make something very clear, though, that if uh, if there were some levels uh, uh, of the constituents that were at toxic toxic rates or, or anything that would raise public health concerns, we would have absolutely, uh, you know, put something out. Uh, so I, I, I want to make it very clear to sure. the public that uh, that trace amounts at non-toxic levels uh, versus levels that we should be alarmed and concerned about completely different. So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a decision that, that we made in terms of um, comparing uh, what detection levels were in, in the in the analysis and what the uh, uh, what the I guess the um, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recall the the abbreviations on on that uh, analysis document. So uh, nothing you found was at that level, right? The, the dangerous level. That, that's correct. Yeah, that 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 is absolutely correct. I, I mean, just the best way we can describe it is just trace amounts. Yeah. yeah, and the third uh, event has yet to be announced yet, as far as the results. That's correct. Uh, th there's been some discussion uh, in terms of that, and, and this is something that uh, we uh, we are working with uh, with DOD on. Uh, this was the this was the second testing uh, that resulted from the inconclusive results from the f from the April 2018 testing. So the second testing. In in Anderson Air Force Base took uh, took place in December. So, um, as you you may may or may not recall, uh, Guam EPA uh, insisted on a, a split sampling protocol, and uh, we are pleased that that DoD um, was able to honor that. So, essentially, uh, DoD's contractor uh, got part of the sample and. Um, and, and US EPA's uh, contracted laboratory got, got another part of the sample. So uh, 
we understood that there, there, there may have been some drawbacks in terms of uh, split sampling. So with the split sampling, the two different um, that testings were done at two different locations? I mean, uh, two different laboratories. Exactly. There, there you go. go. Yeah, two different laboratories. So were the results compatible? Uh, well, the first time around, uh, results differed uh, a bit. Um, we hmm. and, and that's something that we did discuss uh, in, in terms of trying to find out, well, did Lab A follow the, the, the work plan? Did or the same procedures? You right, know, right, right. So uh, it was determined by both, uh, both, both agencies in, in the working group that this is inconclusive and we have to sample again. And that's uh, that took place in December. Um, I, I believe the, the initial results were released um, in, in June of last year. Uh, I believe it was June. And then, uh, then you know, procurement has to take its course in terms of uh, modifying your contract and mm-hmm. awarding things. And, and for, the, for the next sampling events, would uh, the labs be provided guidelines as to having the same procedures done at that happens laboratory. but this is a very complex process okay because um, I can see problems if you have two different labs doing the, the, the testing but not doing the same exact procedures during the process they're supposed to be yeah they're, they're, yeah, they're supposed I mean, to be but then you're going to wind up with different results and well and, 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 and part of the problem too is um, you know the 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 mass of uh, of material that's collected for sampling, uh, it, it it it's really it's really it really boils down to statistics. Um, you know what if what if this part of the sample had something that you could detect at trace levels and this part didn't. That's even why inconclusive comes in right. Even away. though they derived from the same uh, location, mm-hmm. the decision to um, to insist on on split sampling um was more so um to address the public concern about one laboratory being contracted by the very same entity being accused of of applying the herbicide okay, so yeah, that that, that was uh, that was something that uh, we brought to the table and um after some deliberation uh, our our partners at DOD were were Happy to oblige with with that request, and um, and that that also allowed the agency and US EPA to learn more. I, I mean, even though data is inconc- is inconclusive uh, throughout this process, you, there's still valuable data uh, that that can be collected, and, and there's we understand that uh, it was a milestone, first time in in, in history that in in our Guam history, really, that someone's uh, testing for for this uh, for this constituent, and um, and we feel that uh, in the future, if, if there are other uh, independent companies or, or, or groups that want to do this, we we have some guidance. We have some. How about in the mainland, where other EPA uh, agencies back in the mainland doing it for their constituents? So, the, our uh, our Being technical expert uh, again, uh, Harry Allen, uh, has detected these things in the southwest southwestern United States. So, 
So they are out there. We we feel, yes, we feel very confident in in his ability and um, uh, and much of uh, his experience uh, in in finding in finding this stuff. So we're very confident with him. Um, he we're we're happy that we can all sit at the table to discuss uh, our experiences. Uh, you know, Harry brings a lot a lot to the to the discussion, um, interfacing with with, uh, with with chemists and scientists uh, in in terms of um, sharing ideas. You know, great great stuff. Uh, and and I understand that uh, the goal is really, you know, to answer the question: Can we definitively say that it was it was applied here? Uh, you know, we're not comfortable answering that question yet. We can only tell you what the data tells us, and and uh, you know, again. We need more time to uh, to ensure uh, proper interpretation uh, before we release anything public. Okay, uh, with the future future sampling, would the same uh, guidelines be in in place as far as split sampling? It's, it it would be speculative at this point. Okay, um, I, I do know that between the first two uh, the first two DOD. Uh, lead sampling. Th there was a change in analysis. Um, the second, the second analysis method, uh, I think, was more sensitive uh, than the first one, uh, and a uh, little bit lengthier in, in terms of uh, processing. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I think it was just so that we could avoid any pitfalls with uh, with inconclusive data. So. Um, you know, again, we we are going to be releasing something about that very soon. Uh, I I know a couple of my uh, counterparts in the media uh, from time to time would follow up with us, and you know, it, initially it was it was really our ability to interface with the uh, with the working group, um, but you know, the shutdown really took its toll. Uh, that that's long gone, um, and. And then there were some other uh, natural disasters that took place uh, in, in the West Coast that that kind of tied up our uh, our technical expert. He's still an on-scene coordinator for for emergency responses, and, and we understand that's his duty. So, um, you know, I, I was just looking at my email this morning, and and the discussion will be taking place uh, sometime next week. So, we hope to have some messaging out uh, to the public about that. Uh, I think it's long overdue. Um, and again, I want to stress this is not a transparency issue. This has everything to do with the agency being accurate uh, in, in informing the public of uh, the results and the progress and, and the next steps forward. And as you mentioned, future testing will probably more than likely be done. Hasn't been ruled out, but again, that would be speculative uh, to, to say. Um, if the first two and the third yet to be announced hasn't uh, garnered the... Uh, you know, it's inconclusive. This trace element. Yeah, they really hope. I, they you know, and then the, the Navy denied access to certain that that's test sites. And, and again, the, that I would imagine you would say, hey, we still need need to test a, those things. A little uh, bit more. Those things uh, need to be worked out. Um, you know, uh, uh, and that discussion will will take place. Uh, you know, eventually. Uh, but uh, we do have a duty and responsibility as a regulatory agency to. Totally. report this thing. Totally understand. Yeah, so, um, All right. 16 after 7. Uh, Nick 
Ripley with the Guam Environmental Protection Agency in the studio, Man, Land, and Sea, talking on the issue of Agent Orange. While we were off the air, I had asked Nick, I said, you know, was there a shout-out to the people of Guam that during that time frame when Agent Orange was supposedly (laughs) transit through our island, was there a shout-out for people that may have... uh, um, first-hand knowledge or witness and you mentioned we did an extensive shout out and not very many people came out to the forefront well I'm thinking I'm thinking back to our uh, little uh, Agent Orange uh, dossier with the uh, with all of the sworn affidavits and testimony uh, from uh, veterans who were who were present on Guam during during that particular period? Mm-hmm. Between ten and fifteen individuals, perhaps, uh, offered some some sort of uh, account or recollection. Um, I would say maybe two people called me from a local phone number, uh, wanting to give their input. Um, I think one person was able to to issue something with an actual notary seal on it. Uh, I can't okay. remember the gentleman's name off the top of my head. He was serious. He wanted his his testimony to be noted for right, sure. Right, right. Because a lot of them are, are elders or passed away. Exactly, exactly. Right. Being um, that they might, as you said, it might be speculative at this point, but there might be future testing done, uh, I will con- continue to uh, get the word out to the people out there. If you know anything about Agent Orange, and it coming through our island, if you have any first-hand knowledge and or evidence, for that matter, to give Guam EPA a call. Right. Uh, mm. There were, uh, there, yeah, there were a couple of, of, of calls that we, we did get. Um, and, and and I mentioned uh, about the, uh, the Oliveras family uh, who... Yes. Yeah, who... who who allowed us access to to their their property uh, to to pull some samples, um, and we came across uh, this family from uh, Mr. Brian Moyer again, um, you know the gentleman who's agreed to come to Guam to assist the agency in pointing pointing out locations that he could recall. Now again, he he did give us full disclosure about how many decades had passed since since he's been on island. So Did he give you any indication or pictures or anything as to where these locations might be? There were some, uh, again, there, there was some material that uh, that he sent uh, on, on some CDs and DVDs. Uh, there, there were some photos, but the landscape of the island has changed sure, dramatically sure. In, in, in that time. But the great reference point was uh, the Oliveras family property. Uh, well, I think that's, I think they own it. I, I, I I believe the woman's name that we spoke with uh, is Susan Oliveris. Uh, and so with this gentleman's um, knowledge as to what he recalls are the locations, were they anywhere near the locations that you guys actually sampled? They were consistent with areas that had been reported to okay. us. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so it, it is really part, uh, that. that is the first step is, with the investigation is we we need we need you to give your written sworn account uh to to what you saw mm-hmm. um and you know, we have this saying in, in in the working group that you know Guam might be small but there's still a lot of land to cover in in terms of um 
I'm interested to know that, um, would you know, via history, when Agent Orange was going through our island, if it did, well, are they disputing that it even came to Guam? Or? I, I'd refer you to the, uh, the the GAO report. I don't know if you, you got a chance to, to, to gloss no. over that. No, I have not. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just, I mean, just as a layman, I'm saying, are, is DOE even saying, well, Agent Orange never even came to Guam? Or it never even was shipped or transited through Guam. And if so, was it airlifted to Guam or was it brought in by ship? Yeah, I've heard the reports on the boats as well, or, and it might be in the water. And I'm well, yeah, I'm just interested to know. There was a there was a, a portion contained in the GAO report, um, and it's been a little while since since I've read through that. Um, but there's something that sh- that suggests that. Maybe it may have been transshipped through here, but there are no records to uh, to back that up. But uh, don't quote me on that. No, no. Yeah, um, I'll send you the link uh, to uh, yeah. to the report. So, um, based just based on that, Nick, uh, it's speculative at this at best if it even came through Guam, or at least that's what probably uh, the DOD folks might say. Whereas we're having contradicting testimonies from that gentleman that you mentioned and a few uh, people from right here on Guam that say no, that it was here, it was sprayed, it did go through whatever, whether it be the port or the airport, Anderson or what have you, I, I don't know. That's stuff that we definitely, along with the sampling and the results of the testing, mm-hmm. would make a, uh, come out with a more conclusive answer. Right, um, and and I'd like to add that uh, you know, with with every sampling that has taken place, the the agency has learned more and more about it. Sure, so, um, as you as it will be, yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but again, you know, we, we appreciate uh, uh, you know the the, the patients that uh, you know that are our, our leaders and, and and our people have um, shown with us uh, throughout this process. We understood that there would this would be very challenging uh, and difficult to uh, to go through. Uh, you know, it, it's groundbreaking in, in terms of it having really never been done. Uh, at least to my my recollection, I, I can't recall if we'd ever sampled prior to 2018 for 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 Agent Orange. So, um, still a lot of unknowns, uh, but definitely. Uh, Definitely yeah. a lot of unknowns, and we need to get to the bottom of it and put it to rest once and for all. Yes, sir. Definitely. 23 minutes after 7, Dave Duane is with you. With our guest in the studio, Nick Rip Rupley from the Guam Environmental Protection Agency. we got uh, our producer. What's going on, man? He's going to be taking care of us with some good music, that's for sure. <laughs> 24 minutes after 7, man, land, and sea. Uh, we're going to take a short break. I'd like to... Uh, mention real briefly about a upcoming event that's going to be happening Saturday, Saturday morning. The island, what is it called? Island, island Fair? No, no, no. It's uh, about the environment. Well, it's about cleaning up our island. Mm. Yeah, big, big event. Uh, I mean, God, I had it here just in my hand. It's called the Island-Wide Beautification Day. Nice. That's happening Saturday, June the 1st, 2019. It's all about rising, rise up, get involved, and join and uh, help clean our island. It's going to be happening from the north, central, and the south. And when we come back from the break, I'll let you know exactly where these locations are. Okay? Take it away, Bronson. 
matters. Get it here. News Talk K57. KGUM. Hagatnya Guam.